Welcome to the Achievement Playbook, a tool of empowerment for young people to aid their success. I'm Eric Stevenson, Executive Director of the Chad School Foundation in Newark, New Jersey. So we all learn, and many times we learn in different ways, but learning is crucial. From the very beginning, when we learn to walk, learn to talk, learn to sing and dance, those things now as we look back on them seem pretty easy. But when we get older, we learn different things and we learn from different people. And the learning process becomes a little bit more complex. But we never stop learning. Learning is an inherent part of life. And we have to embrace learning. Embrace it to the point where you don't fear things that you don't know. But you really, with full strength and effort and with confidence, Embrace the learning process so you can move forward. Way back when, when I was approaching college, thinking I had it all together, I thought to myself, okay, the process is this. And then I quickly found out that day by day, the process was often challenged by whatever the experience of the day was. And when that happened, I had to ask myself, or actually not even ask myself, I had to figure out in the moment how I was going to react. Was I going to react with playing it cool? Or was I going to react with some amount of energy, vigor, force, some type of response that was visible, where everybody saw my reaction, rather than keep it cool and figure out what my next steps would be. We all have our process of learning. But the fact that there is a process of learning, it's important to know it's ongoing. And it will come in different forms and different shapes and through different means, whenever the situation comes up by what you got to learn. Many of you probably know how to drive. And when you first get behind the wheel of a car, you can be a little nervous. You don't know necessarily how to anticipate oncoming traffic, how to parallel park, how to effectively make that left turn. <laughs> and don't, even think about coming up to the stop sign and forgetting how long you should stay there before you pull off or who leaves the stop sign first at a four-way stop. All of the things you've got to learn when you're now the driver rather than the passenger. But think about cooking. Everybody makes dishes differently. And many of us learn from close family how to cook and prepare. And so our learning process comes in different means from different people. But when you commit yourself to learning, the driving gets easier. The preparing of meals gets easier. The academic study gets easier. So I want to give you a couple of 
key thoughts about learning. So if we break down for me what it means to learn, I'm going to turn learn not really into an acronym, but I'm going to give you some tips about each letter that's in the word learn. So the first letter in learn is L. What does that L mean? That L means this is the only one that's going to have two words associated with it. L means, one, you got to listen. Listening is key to the learning process. You've got to be able to take an information download in order to put into play the things you need to do. So when someone's teaching you how to drive and they say, slow down, because they anticipate something that you may not anticipate because you're an inexperienced driver, they're sharing with you their experience so that you then will be comfortable and recognize the decision points that are key and critical in order to drive as a safe driver on the road. When you're making that dish and someone is teaching you how to cook and you grab that salt and before you chunk it all in there, somebody says, whoa, 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 too much salt. Because they recognize that you can ruin the dish if you add too much. Same thing exists in life. We will encounter individuals who will be very helpful in our learning process, who will share with us their knowledge so that we then can make better informed decisions about how we, make, how we move forward. So you think about when you're a student and you get that advice from your teachers or your guidance counselors or your parents or anybody who mentors you or cares about you and they tell you, study hard, do well, don't hang out all night, get good grades, all of those things which you hear in the moment and then have to receive into yourself and act accordingly. That's the listening process. The listening process, being able to receive and distill information and incorporate that information for your benefit. If our ears are closed to the experience of others and to the knowledge of others, then we may come across stumbling blocks where we could have avoided them. Roadblocks where someone had offered a detour around and we got stuck. So listening really provides an opportunity for us to have good reconnaissance, good information about what lies ahead. Even if you think about it now, I'm sure there's some experience you've had where you say, wow, I wish I would have listened to so-and-so. He or she was right. We've all been there. So don't feel as if, if you missed an opportunity to listen to good advice before, that the opportunity to listen to good advice in the future is not available. It is. You've got to be willing to tune your ear and listen to what's going on around you. Listen to those that want to share with you. The other L, and this really happens after you listen, 
is you've got to know how to leverage. You've got to know how to leverage the information and the resources. And all of that knowledge that's been shared with you, leverage it in a way where it adds value to the thing that you're pursuing. It adds value to the project you're working on. It adds value to all of the things that will make up a good decision in your life. You know, leverage is just really about weighing, one, which option is best and how much of that option you should lean on in order to make a decision. Leveraging is about figuring out which tool do I pull off the shelf? What do I need to, to, to maximize in order to get done what I got to get done? So if I'm making some macaroni and cheese, for example, going back to our preparing meals example, I don't need peanut butter. Peanut butter ain't going to help me make macaroni and cheese. It's the wrong ingredient. And somewhere along the line, you realize it's the, long, it's the wrong ingredient. And so leveraging peanut butter isn't going to help you make macaroni and cheese. You need some pasta, some macaroni, some butter, some cheese, and the seasons to go along with it. The real question is, in your macaroni and cheese, what are going to be the percentages of the macaroni, the percentages of the cheese, the percentages of the butter and the seasons that you use so that you can perfect a recipe for success that you will enjoy and that you'll be able to share with others. It's important to get it right. It's important to get the mix right. And leveraging allows you, one, to put everything in its proper perspective and context. So after we listen and after we leverage, we move on to our next important letter in the word learn, and that's the E. And the E means we've got to excel. So when we excel, we really work on getting good at it. We really work at getting it just right. We really good, we, we, we work at getting it to the point where we've got it down pat and we don't forget about it and we don't have to keep going back and relearning over and over again because we are now perfecting our craft. We're progressing in our craft. It's crucial. If you think about it, you just can't do something once and think you've got it down. If you think that, that's too much ego. And we got to put our egos in check because learning is not about exhibiting ego. Learning really is about making sure that you've acquired the knowledge and the information so that you can act accordingly and responsibly for the benefit of yourself and the opportunity to share with others. And so as you're excelling, the first dish of macaroni and cheese or the first experience driving behind the wheel may not be perfect. But each time you engage that experience, you get a little bit better. Each time when you're in class and you have the opportunity to speak before 
your peers, and you may be a little nervous, but each opportunity allows you more confidence, gives you an opportunity to scan the room and realize where you are as a speaker, where you are as a person sharing words. And yeah, you can look out in the crowd, you can see folks potentially laughing and giggling, acting silly, whatever the case may be. And as you go on and perfect your craft of standing before people and telling your story or talking about a school project, you know what happens? You begin to ignore the noise. You begin to be you in any situation at any moment because excelling allows you that opportunity, the opportunity to get it right or at least the opportunity to try better, to try better, I mean, to, to, to do better and to try it again and again and again. So when you think about excelling, don't take the work that's before you for granted. You got to put in some work. And once you continue to put in the work, you will see yourself begin to do things that you didn't think you could do. You will see yourself doing things that will become second nature. It's almost like, uh, as I recall, somewhat from the biography of Malcolm X, Malcolm decided to self-teach himself with the use of the dictionary to expand his vocabulary. And by expanding his vocabulary, he created a greater command of his words and the ability to use the English language to speak with certainty and with confidence to any crowd that he encountered. And he used words that you would think would make people feel, um, he would use words that were powerful words, right? He would use words that we used to call big words, but he wasn't using them to get to a point where he was making the crowd feel as if they, they weren't as smart as he was. He was using and putting into play the knowledge that he had acquired by his self-talk, by his self-study, by his own self-exploration of what he needed to do in order to excel in his craft as a community leader as the one who would speak for the crowd and also speak into the crowd. So in his own journey, he recognized that this was something he had to do. And when he, when he, when he did that, the critical part of it is, is that as you excel and as you get better and as you begin to use things and utilize terms and words and actions that you may have not known prior, those things then become a part, a, a part of you. They become who you are. And so with that, when you're excelling, you really get to the point where you're now able to perform. You're now able not handcuffed with fear at any levels of uncertainty, because you've put in the time, you've put in the work, you've done the practice, and now you can be you. And look, there may have been folks 
when Malcolm was speaking into the crowds who didn't understand some of the words he was saying and maybe didn't understand him. But the important point here is that through excelling, he became who he was, a powerful voice for the black community. And you will become who you will be after you embrace the need to put in the time, work, and practice to excel in the thing that you want to do. The next letter in learn after the L and after the E is A. And A is really important because A means that you got to be able to adapt. So what does it mean to, to adapt? It means that when you adapt, you're able to recognize that every situation is not the same. When you adapt, you recognize that after you've listened and leveraged, after you have excelled and you've perfected an approach that will build your confidence and allow you to perform on a level that you've not performed before, that you may find yourself in a situation that means you may have to make small adjustments, small adaptations in order to then get where you want to get to. We think about driving. The speed limit changes based on the conditions of the road. So if you're driving on the street, speed limit may be 35 miles per hour. Guess what? You got to drive 35 miles per hour. You got to watch out for pedestrians. You got to stop at red lights. Make sure that you make proper turns and lane changes. And you got to be conscious of the fact that there are, it's a much slower drive. And anything can change in an instant. Similarly, when you're driving on the highway, it's much faster, maybe 55 or 65 miles an hour. Cars are going in the same direction, but at a much higher speed. And you've got to be able to drive in a much more defensive way in order to hold your position. It's still driving, but now the conditions have changed such that you've got to be able to recognize the situation that you're in and be able to see yourself performing based on the situation. Doesn't mean that you're radically different. It means that you're conscious. It means that you're aware. No differently than when you've got to make that big meal rather than just making a meal for yourself. And you've got to be able to change the measurements of the ingredients so that whether you're cooking for two or 20, the flavor of the meal is the same. So adapting is just what we do from day to day. Some things will be beyond our control. Obviously, if we're driving, we choose the street. And maybe sometimes we don't choose the street because we've got to take the highway to get to certain locations 
because it'll get there faster than driving on the street. But we really think about adaptations and making those adjustments. You think about the weather, think about the seasons and all of those adjustments that you make then, right? Well, those are kind of easy. If it's raining, you're going to dress a little bit differently. If it's cold, you may have your coat. If it's in the dead of summer, well, maybe it's shorts and a t-shirt. Easy adjustments. But actually, to that point, it makes me think about something. You're not going to wear your, 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 your puffy down coat in the middle of the summer because it just doesn't work. Although you know what the puffy down coat will do for you. And by the same token, if it's two degrees outside, you're likely not running out in shorts and a t-shirt to do anything. Why? Doesn't make sense. But then if you think about the other adaptations, when, for instance, you've fallen behind on something and something is coming up that's due and you've not been as disciplined in order to get the thing that you need to get done, done. So what do you have to do? Maybe you got to put in a little bit more time to get the project complete because there's a deadline that's fixed and you don't have the ability to change the deadline. So that means you've got to change yourself in order to meet the deadline. That is adapting. That is recognizing the shifts that you've got to make, the pivots that are important in order to continue along the process of learning. So let's move on. We've talked about the L, listening and leverage. We've talked about the E, which is excelling. We've talked about the A, being able to make the right adjustments and adapting. Now we get to the R. And the R is really, really hard because the R is about being reflective. And I tell you, being reflective is tough. And being reflective is even hard to explain. So, 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 so let me try to break it down. Being reflective means that you take a moment and you think about how you did something and you think about how you can do it better the next time. Reflective is about a look, a view of what the situation could have been had you listened better had you leveraged resources in the way that you should have? Had you excelled and perfected the thing that you wanted to do? And if there was an adjustment or a, or you needed to adapt in a certain way and you didn't do it. So reflective and being reflective, reflection, if you will, allows you to go back and try to put those pieces together again in your mind so that the next time you encounter a similar situation, you will have in your mind 
the things that you need to do to avoid missteps. But being reflective just isn't about being negative either. Being reflective also means that you're able to capitalize on the things that you're doing really well and that you take the time to reflect on the successes, taking the time to reflect on the things that you are excelling well at. Those will, as we've talked before, help build your confidence, help give you a level level of certainty to think that you can do it. So sometimes when you're reflective, it's almost like you're giving yourself a report. It's like you're almost like your own newsreel. Like you're the video clip on ESPN where you get to see your plays run back to you. And you say, man, I could have made this move or taken the shot here. That's what being reflective is and why it's so important. We've talked about X's and O's and we know that that somewhat equates to football and the critical nature of knowing when you're on offense and on defense. And you will, for those of you who are involved in sports, know that there's a lot of time looking at film and footage of the games that you play, looking at your opponent and the games that they've played. All of that is about gearing up, about being reflective, about being able to make some assessments and some analysis about how to get better, how to learn. In order to learn, you gotta be reflective. You gotta take the time. It sounds crazy, right? Because being reflective sometimes involves no activity other than taking a moment to be still and think. After you've watched the footage, after you've read the comments back from the teacher on the paper or the project, after you've tasted the macaroni and cheese that you think could have tasted a little bit better, or even when you're driving and you thought you think to yourself, man, I may have been driving too fast on that road and I saw the police officer on the other side of the street and I'm glad he didn't pull me over. All reflective. All brings into perspective things you should think about for the next experience that you'll have in that situation or a situation that's similar. So be reflective. Being reflective adds value to the learning process. So we've talked about the L, listening and leverage, right? Got to be able to leverage those resources. The E is being able to excel, perfecting your craft, getting it down. The A, making the right adjustments and adapting where necessary. And now we know we've got to reflect once we put all that together. And then the N is where you really get to be active in the learning process. And, and, and this, is a really, uh, th- th- this is a really big word in terms of understanding it. And it's when you learn, you also get to nominate. So the end is nominate. And what does it mean to nominate? Nominate means that now 
You're making decisions. You're making decisions that are, that are informed. You're making decisions that are based in some reflective practice. You're making some decisions that are based on you now learning some stuff that you didn't know before, listening to some people who support you and who encourage you so that now you're able to make the decision about, okay, I'm going to go to school here versus here, and here are the reasons why. I'm going to buy this car as opposed to this car because of these reasons. I'm going to take this internship versus the other internship because this internship provides these level of benefits as opposed to the other one. So the nominating process means that now amongst your choices, you're able to make a decision that best serves you. You're able to nominate the things in your life that you believe are the best. You know, the great part about the nominating process when you really get, get hold of it, the best part about the nominating process is others may agree with you. Great. We can clap. They agree with me. They agree with you. And then there may be others that may not agree with you. But then you can respond in confidence that you've made the decision that's in your best interest based on all of the things that you have experienced, reflected upon, adapted to, excelled at. So now, when you decide what it is that you want to do, you are doing it because it's just not something you want to do. It's not some knee-jerk reaction but you are nominating the decisions in your life because you have gone through the process. You've considered all the options. And now, after you've learned a little bit about how to make those decisions, boom, you're making them. Now, let me give you a disclaimer. Making decisions doesn't mean that they all turn out the way you expect them to. Despite the learning that we have, not everything works out. But that doesn't mean that you still don't go through the process. That means that sometimes, even through the learning process, there's some miscalculations or there's some situations and circumstances that shift and pivot, and somehow or another, the decision that we made may not work out. Which means that, look, you may not be the person asked to make the macaroni and cheese next time there's a gathering and folks are bringing food. It may mean that you chose this university to attend, but you've then got to make another decision to attend another university because that first decision didn't work out. But you shouldn't be discouraged. You should continue to embrace the learning process so that your decision-making ability strengthens and gets better. And you know, like I know, because we've talked about it during the Achievement Playbook, that you're never defined by any situation or circumstance. So if an obstacle appears, we know 
what we should do to try to overcome it. If there's something that's trying to work against us, the Achievement Playbook tells us there's a workaround. All a part of the learning process. What we also know about decisions in this whole nominating process is, look, don't be scared. Don't get stuck thinking that you can never make a decision for the fear of making a bad one. This whole dialogue that we're having is about being able to achieve. And in order to achieve their thoughts and actions that you've got to put in play in order to do that. And sometimes making decisions can be hard. But as we talked about, if you're willing to listen to those who have your best interests and even listen to those who will sound crazy and you can put all of that craziness to the side and know who you are and what your truth is. And then if you're willing to excel in the thing that you want to do, practice and progress in order to continually do well to where doing the thing that you say you want to do becomes second nature. And then if you're willing to recognize the situation that you're in so that you can adapt accordingly and make the adjustments and the pivots that are necessary to really do those workarounds and then be reflective on how do I get better? What do I need to do the next time? Who do I need to speak to the next time? This set of knowledge was this. Okay, I'm being reflective. Let me seek this source of knowledge because this may aid and support me better to ultimately be able to nominate, to be able to make decisions. So this whole learning process is about taking those steps, moving forward, getting it done, with confidence, not with fear. Not in some reactionary way, but in a responsible way. So don't forget, always important, let's learn. The Achievement Playbook is brought to you by the Chad School Foundation, where we offer scholarships, leadership workshops, and link young people with mentors. So visit us at www.thechadschoolfoundation.org and get connected with Chad's work. Be sure to subscribe to the Achievement Playbook on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever listening service you're currently using today. We'd greatly appreciate it if you left us a review and shared this podcast with other young men and women who can benefit from this powerful series. Stay tuned for the show, and remember, achievement is within your grasp.